Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Podcast lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Podcast. Lab. Gonna talk to my friends. Fancy gonna share a thought. Lab. Gonna have a laugh. That's Fancy what I thought. Lab. Fancy Lad. Fancy Lad Podcast. Fancy Lad. Fancy Lad Podcast. Uh, yeah. And we are back. Yes. Yes, we certainly are. For sure. This time. Mm-hmm. Back. Mm-hmm. With another one of them block rockin' beats. Oh, yeah, baby. We know you love them. We know that's what you came here for. So we're here to deliver. Yeah, the intro song. So they already heard that. So Right. I guess there's no real reason for them to listen to the rest of the podcast. No, probably not. They got what they came for. Yeah, but they're welcome to stick around. Yeah, you know what? I think they're actually really going to enjoy this one. Oh, really? Why is that? Well, first off... Mm-hmm. I mean, I would just like to announce to the world uh-huh. that old Big Zoe yeah. does not have COVID. Oh, you don't? He was tested twice, and it came out negative both times. Ooh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know. The hundreds of friends and fans have been reaching out concerned for my safety and well-being, and I appreciate it. You should appreciate that. That's nice of them. It is nice of them. Well, I, too, am glad to hear that. Um you do not have COVID. Yeah, sorry I didn't tell you sooner. Yeah, no, it's okay. I was busy anyhow. I know. Well, I'm still I'm happy that you let me in the studio having not known for sure whether I had COVID or not. Hey, what can I say? I'm a risk taker. That's true. I've seen this guy mm-hmm. take some uh some pretty hefty risks. Let's say let's say they're let's say they're pretty hefty risks. Like it was a I've seen it. It was a pretty large mm-hmm. size uh board oh yeah and he uh he literally took the game of risk while i was playing it and i was like tom what the fuck right i know yeah and again i i apologized for that i didn't realize you were mid game which again i should have realized because what do you think the board was out on the table with all those pieces on there for i know that's why i said i should have realized that again i am sorry that i ruined your dumb little game it's a game of world domination. Oh, it is? Yeah, I don't see that there's anything dumb about that. Oh, no, that sounds awesome, actually. I thought it was completely different. Oh, what did you think it was like? I thought like you just like grew berries and traded them. Is that a game? That I, I, I... don't know. Oh, I thought I it didn't know. It could be, though. Sounds pretty fun, though, right? Is that like what they do in Animal Crossing or something? I don't know what that is. I well, I'm trying to figure out where you got this berry shit from. I don't know. They have looks like there's like little pieces. They kind of look like berries. All right. Well, if that's a game, I'd love to play it. Hmm. Yeah, I want to eat it. Yeah, you could just go to the grocery store. You don't have to. Oh, they have the game there. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Do you know what aisle? Uh, it's next to the magazines. Oh, right next to the magazine aisle. That's weird. Yeah, I know. It is a little weird. A very strange place for them. Yeah. Well. So what have you been up to besides uh, testing negative for COVID-19? Fucking testing positive for being a fucking radical dude, bro. Oh, hell yeah. And and uh, wh- where did you go to get that test done? Uh, oh. oh, shit. Fucking Clown Shoes Brewery. Oh, really? Bro. That's right. Hell yeah. That's where I got this fucking mango American culch from. Oh, man, and that's looking extra delicious in that 12-ounce can, I'm 12 telling 12-ounce can with fucking Crunkle Sam right on there. Mm-hmm. Great graphic. Mm-hmm. Love, love, got got a lot of love for Crunkle Sam. Oh, oh God, yeah. 
fucking badass academy fucking 101 that's where i fucking tested positive bro oh hell yeah dude i didn't realize that they had like a uh, like a whole medical thing there yeah you uh not much okay yeah well that's good i haven't been sick yeah so you know just been sleeping normal 16 to 18 hours a day uh-huh Mm-hmm. As you like, as you tend to do, cranking, you know, sixteen to eighteen clown shoes brand beers a day. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, about, you know, about five to six wanks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, sounds like business as business as usual. Biz business as usual. Yeah. Oh, bees. Oh, business as usual. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. You know what that makes me think of? Bees. Yeah, it makes me think of bees. Like murder hornets, murder hornets, bumble, mm. uh, good old fashioned hornets. Oh man, the good old fashioned hornets. Oh yeah, you gotta love those good old fashioned hornets with their uh, their mustache trimmers mm-hmm. and uh, their uh, big wheeled bicycles. Oh man, that's the my favorite part is the big wheeled bicycles. I know when you see those good old fashioned hornets oh, rolling yeah. up on their big wheeled bicycles mm. through town. It's a swarm. Puts a smile on your face. Oh, uh, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time. But, you know, I got to say, you know, some of my favorite fucking videos, dude, were the bees videos. Do you remember those? Oh, of course I remember the bees videos. How could I not remember them? How could you forget them? God, God they're good. Yeah, they were good. One of a kind. I got an idea. Oh, really? What is it? This is... This is crazy. Okay. Well, you know, I love crazy ideas. Why don't we mm-hmm. contact Mr. Bees himself? Oh, you're you're not thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. The head honcho. Dude, do you think the fans can handle it? The mastermind behind it all. Think about it. They're already this sweaty and deranged. I know. If we take the curtain away and mm. reveal the Wizard of Oz. Oh, my goodness. Let alone the Blizzard of Oz. I'm sure the Patreon viewers and subscribers could handle that yeah i don't know about the normal folk you're 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 fair weather fancy lad podcast fans yeah exactly they're like hey this this podcast is ranking on uh visual arts in the united states currently really yeah really wow well briefly not anymore fell out pretty quick oh but briefly but still number one skateboard podcast right oh yeah obviously oh thank god that I was worried about that. You know, that would be worrisome. Yeah, I know. I know we're just, we just got into it, but damn, I don't know. What do you say? We just take a quick break and then, I don't know, just get right to it. Yeah. No, that sounds great to me. You know, you know, I want another beer. I mean, unless you got really anything else you want to say to me. Uh, I'm sorry. Thanks. Okay. You know, I was waiting for that. Yeah, I don't know what for, but you know, just throwing it out there, seeing what sticks. No, I think you know, you son of a bitch. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go grab a beer real quick. All right. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, yeah. Life as a Southern sheriff can be pretty taxing. Taxing on the mind, taxing on the body, and taxing on the soul. 
That's why when I'm feeling my most decaffeinated and dehydrated, I reach for a mocha sombrero. Mocha sombrero. A Mexican-style chocolate stealth with additions of coffee and vanilla. Alright, no, I'm trying to do the script here. Alright, you know, if you're just gonna keep doing that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it's got coffee. It's got coffee and it's got vanilla. I don't care if you're doing the math. It's got coffee and vanilla, and it's a stout recipe. And uh, the malt flavors, the uh, uh, sweet vanilla. Uh, Jesus. Oh, my God. You know, this is very distracting. Very distracting. You know, if you want to know more about Mocha Sombrero from Clown Shoes Beer, why don't you go ahead and visit uh, clownshoesbeer.com. Go on now, get it. Uh, yeah. And we are back. Oh, <laughs> man, we are back. And that was a great break. I was happy to get another Clown Shoes brand beer. Brought to you by Clown Shoes brand beer. Per usual, as we do on our breaks. Russ, have you heard of this beer here, Clown Shoes brand beer? I don't know if you indulge in adult beverages yourself. I have heard of that beer. Oh. oh. Well, they're a sponsor of the podcast, just to let you know. But hey. <laughs> You know, it's great to see in the flesh. Welcome to the Fancy Lad Podcast. Thank you for having me. I don't even know how to describe you to all the people listening right now because you're a fucking legend. But I feel like no one knows who you are. I had to explain to Tom 20 times who you were. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't do any any credits in the videos or anything. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, caused that to be the case that nobody knows who we are for the most part well for, for just just for you know i i knew who bees were you know and i'm familiar with the bees videos but i just i was like which guy who which <laughs> you know you know i'm thinking we should start with the bees videos to explain to the good people out there to try to give them a frame of reference i feel like a lot of them should know the bees videos they should right they should it was a, it was a while ago so maybe yeah. not at this point i mean there could be a generation that you know has not heard of them at all i mean we're talking about a time pre-fancy lad if you can even imagine a time like that russ hmm. <laughs> it's horrible to think of i remember okay so the bees bees three is my favorite unusual protocol and i mean is it fair to say you're kind of the you know head honcho behind it. I mean, that's what I hear through the grapevine. Mm. Tim, um, John, they all tell me that. Well, it's one of those things which, I mean, I'm sure that is the case with you guys as well, where um, it really wouldn't be what it is without everyone's contribution. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's unfair to claim um, being the major source of all of it, but um, I would say my role is maybe more injecting a lot of really strange non-skateboarding content into it. Um, that would be part of my role. As far as the movie clips and the editing? Yeah, and music and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I did do the editing as well. Um, although Josh Ellis, who does uh, wiskate.com, uh, mm-hmm. um, he did some of the animation stuff, uh, especially in Bees 3, like the Bees 3 intro, which I, I tortured him with some of my ideas like there's like a some kind of there was like a hamster chef that i saw on some i believe it was like some kind of like hamster food box and i was like 
can you cut that out and edit it moving around? And like, you know, uh, it was funny because he was like really um, hesitant and resistant to start doing that seemingly pointless project. And of course, once it's done and you see it moving, it's like, okay, that was worthwhile. But um, yeah, I had to put him through some stuff like that, making some of my stupid ideas come to life. Yeah, well, that's what I didn't know about the skating in general, because I feel like especially during the time, I mean, I just pictured for some reason that there must have been one sort of Spielberg, just Spielberg and everybody just saying, you know, on the sesh, hey, what if you did this? What if you did this? I would et cetera, say, et cetera. sure. Um, I mean, I think the that the premise of skating like that started with Josh uh, Ellis and I talking about it. Um, definitely came out of like an era in it was like the middle of the handrail only era like you know every magazine there'd be like multiple two page spreads of like a 15 stair front side lip slide on a handrail and it was just like right. it was so monotonous to the point where it was like it was getting frustrating and I think we started talking about how much more appealing it was for us to watch um, videos like uh H Street Hocus Pocus, where mm. when you watch those videos, um, you know, they were filmed during a time when there were fewer established rules as far as like what was cool or, um, you know, what was acceptable. People were still doing things that, um, you know, existed outside of this is how this is done or this is what trick is done on this obstacle. So by watching those videos, you'd have these moments where it was like, it's hard to explain, but it's like uh, it was like mind blowing and like seeing like people operating outside of a, a mindset that was so rigid in the time that we were watching skateboarding. Yeah. Um, so we decided like, you know, what if uh, just talking about like how much fun it is to skate like that um, to not be so rigid about your ideas of how to skate something or, or what tricks to do. Um, and uh you know just how much fun those videos are to watch and it was like you know why don't we try to make videos that are more in in line with that type of skating and uh so i I think that the idea of skating like that came out of that but yes um as far as like you know the actual sessions i don't think anybody involved needed to be told what to do which is really cool that skateboarding works that way where you know somebody who is technically much better than me at skateboarding still knows how to get really stupid as well. Like that's great that, um, you know, that, that, that exists within people who are still on a completely different level than me. Um, but as you probably know as well, it's so much fun to have those people around you who are technically better than you. So if you have an idea that you know you're not capable of, yeah, you can say to that person, like, I can't do this, but maybe you can. And of course they can do it immediately. So there was well, some of that. You know, I was talking to Orange Man about this today. Mm-hmm. Um where I see Fisk do it all the time to Matt, you know. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. something that you know he's out of practice. He can't do, so he wants to just live vicariously through Matt doing his idea or tricks that he comes up with. So he just constantly is trying to tell him, <laughs> and it's kind of like the friend trick that you sent me that I didn't know wasn't you for FL three. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, where yeah. me and Abe were saying, wouldn't it be great, skate artist, if it got to the point of like, which it, it kind of is when you think about like Ribs Man and mm-hmm. uh, Deer Man just being anonymous characters. But if you get to the point where you're a skate artist and it's like Damien Hurst or like uh, Andy Warhol and you're just telling everybody else to make the art for you. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point with age, too, it gets that way. <laughs> or if you're just like, like we talked about earlier, I mean, you said Fisk is not super interested in skating all the time anymore. So, yeah. you know, the, yeah, at a certain point, you know, if somebody else, you know, who's around is, is still in their prime and they're still like really focused on it, like, why yeah. not? Yeah, why not ask, ask them, like, to do what you're not up for. <laughs> yeah, but he still loves it is the thing. And uh, he was the one who showed me the bees videos before they were even on the internet. That's right. Funny. Yeah, he's where we got those. For, yeah, for sure. he said that, I think he said that you sent him a copy or somebody in your crew sent um, a copy to him. Like, yeah, to he the had Coliseum. A, yeah, he had a DVD of it and he brought it to yeah. the shop. Could be. Um, it could be because of Foz, uh Mark Foster uh from Heroin Skateboards. I'm familiar okay. with the man. Because, uh yeah, obviously uh Fisk was on that company and Foz is good friends with John McGuire, who really I don't think many people would know about the Bees videos if it wasn't for John McGuire. He like loved the videos, I mean, at least partially because he knew everyone in them. Um but he like went out of his way to promote them and distribute them to people. So if it wasn't for him, yeah, we probably wouldn't be talking and people wouldn't know about the videos. And Jeff Rowley did say like back in the day it was one of his favorite videos, right? <laughs> I don't know. That would be I insane. Sw- I swear I, I remember so. I swear I, really I remember liked... hearing that. Uh Chris Maybe Cole? John Rattray? I John mean Ra- yeah, John Rattray, uh because him and John McGuire again are friends. Yeah. John Rattray yeah. is really smart and has a really good sense of humor, so he understood immediately. I, I could t- I could tell because he likes Tom Waits, so yeah. he must be smart. <laughs> yeah, just like all... just like Foss, right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's always the indication. Um, yeah, I I talked with uh, Rattray about that about like that sort of uh, hocus pocus. Um, being part of the inspiration for skating in that mindset and he understood immediately mm-hmm. yeah he he said that he what wasn't... about it i mean what part are you thinking about in particular matt hensley's part maybe um maybe not even that because i think hensley when you watch his part like there is some of that in it but he's like so advanced you know like mm-hmm. it's almost the guys who are like to me lesser known and i saw those videos like for the first time when I was like basically like 18 years old, which is weird. Um, So it was, it was almost like that scene in Austin powers where he's like, he's come out of the coma and he's like catching Uh up on all the like past history with the really Uh, long P. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had that moment with like all the old videos, like ban this, like the junk skating section and ban this. Yeah. Like to have, to be seeing that for the first time at like, you know, 18 years old or so. And, side by side with like dying to live which i mean i can appreciate that video now Mm -hmm. but at the time it just being more of the same you know um or videos like that like handrail videos 
seeing like the junk skating se- section and ban this, like, um, you know, Neil Blunder, Lance Mountain, oh, just being ridiculous. Uh, that seeing that side by side, it was like, well, obviously one of these is a lot more fun than the other. Yeah. Have you ever uh, seen PAL propaganda? I have. I, that I don't remember a lot about. Is there anything specific that I, I just about? think that that has the best artistic direction of mm-hmm. like the non skating stuff in every PAL video. So I was just mm-hmm. curious because Greg, that was the one that uh, Greg Stesic, um like had a big hand in making. And he was like the big uh in like driving force behind like the art direction of the PAL ads where they all thought I don't know if you saw the documentary where they all thought it was like, you know, really weird. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have to watch it again because that that's that one's been a while for me. Um but like thinking about stuff that stood out in like Hocus Pocus, um there was like a part where a guy like rode on a ledge toward the back of a bench. And then like ollied out to a pivot stall on the back of the bench. And then from that ollied over the kind of seat part of the bench. Mm-hmm. And like, again, like seeing that side by side, just after watching like a really like rigid handrail video, it was like, that's way more interesting to me to take that approach than like to see the same, you know, basically like well, high really- octane stunt. Yeah, the early days of, you know, it comes down to ingenuity, mm-hmm. which I could tell you're a fan because you prefer T1 to T2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the early days when there was nothing, yeah, there was, no, there was no rules, no canvas written. But also, yeah, everything was just so, yeah, just like the progression of skateboarding is just at the first time, like everything's being done. So there's really no trick too dumb. Yeah. Which, after a certain point it's like yeah obviously you get a standard and you know i was yeah i always feel like skaters who are really good are worried about looking foolish you know Mm. so that's that's why i was asking specifically about the bees videos um about you telling the people what to do but also oh yeah yeah. but chris cobra cole what's the deal with what's oh yeah Again, that's John McGuire worked at Black Box, like in the prime era of like Black Box and Zero. And so he was distributing it to those guys as well. And Chris Cole liked it. I mean, you know, you say what do you, what you want about him. He's like, I uh, think he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he has a sense of humor and he was into it. And he ended up sending us some footage or his filmer sent us some footage for it, which we used in bees three, which was kind of funny to have. Cause it was just like a fairly surreal moment for us because it was like, we were making these videos just to like amuse ourselves and maybe annoy some people around us and to have it result in like somebody like that being in one of the videos is very strange, but it's like almost like a joke in itself. Yeah. Yeah, but it kind of made sense as well um, because, you know, like retroactively, like when you read interviews with like pros who lived through that era um, and skated that way during it, it's like they weren't necessarily having fun at times either. Mm. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, okay, it makes sense why this may have appealed to some people at that time who were in that position. I think that... uh... Yeah, well, first of all, one thing I want to say about Hocus Pocus that I don't know if you know is every young kid who like does like slappies and rides old school shape boards, 
mm-hmm. hasn't seen any video in the 90s. Of course. They've yeah. only seen internet videos, except they always say their favorite video is Hocus Pocus. Huh. I, Fun fact. Yeah, like the John Benton. Yeah. And I swear, every, yeah. It's, yeah, I've it's heard multiple people to say that. Yeah. Hmm. But it's weird. That's like their go-to. See, I consider um, the Fancy Lad videos more of a sort of like Plan B questionable inspired. <laughs> that kind of makes sense in some ways if you're well, if you're being serious. No, but... I am being serious. Okay. But, be, but mostly not because of you know the handrails, but because of the the late flips and the the pressure flips and the whole vibe. And, and because of you're the early you're 90s. putting you're putting immense pressure on people, like yelling at them during sessions to take it up a notch. Well, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, how else are you going to make a video? Yeah, that's how it goes. Did Michael Ternaski <laughs> do that? I've never heard that. I think those are the stories, yeah. That, and that's why like a lot of those guys got bummed out on that, uh, specifically like Mike Carroll, Rick Howard, and kind of from what I've read and heard, that's like kind of why they you know, started what they did. Cause they were like, we've had enough of, you know, being told we need to like push things further and further. And yeah. Well, you know, sometimes I have mixed feelings about that because first of all, you've seen plan B questionable. Oh, of course. You've seen goldfish. Yep. Which one do you think's better? Um, you know, that's funny. Cause I watched, uh, goldfish again recently and when I was younger, I would say absolutely plan B questionable is, you know, was way more appealing to me because the ideas in there were much more advanced yeah. and um, inspiring. And uh, I, I still love questionable. Um, but I think now when I take into account the fact that you know, some of those guys maybe were not so happy or enjoying that process. I can look at goldfish and how some of the stuff in goldfish is like a lot smoother and faster. And I can appreciate Mm -hmm. that more, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say like which one I really prefer because I love both of them, but like, I I understand what you mean. Like I like goldfish, but I love questionable. And the thing, the Mm -hmm. reason why I bring it up is because I just wanted to mention like everybody in the talking heads being like, oh, Dave Byrne's such fucking asshole. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, what what were you guys doing before he joined? Yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) right. Fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, you happen to make some of the greatest music of all time. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, you know, there's value in there's value in both. But I mean, the care, the sort of the bees videos and the carefree sort of, you know, fuck it all mentality of, you know, the status quo. I think it's summed up in that one clip you used from how to get ahead in advertising. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm glad I've given up. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if that was intentional I figured it was. It was sort of narrative. But. Yeah, I would say there's a little bit of that attitude in there. And I mean, some of that, like, <laughs> it's funny. Like, I've been thinking about that recently, how like in the process of those videos, like I skated like that for a long time and like mostly like that, where like I was kind of accepting that like all the stuff I was seeing in videos was like unattainable. And like those videos and that, like the bees videos and that type of skating was like, my means of like having fun in a skateboarding era 
when a lot of the stuff I was seeing was like unattainable and not really that interesting to me. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a way of me giving up and, um, and at that time, especially like my skill level was not very high. So you got to find a way to have fun somehow, even if you (laughs) barely know what you're doing. No, but yeah, once you've given up, you're, uh, you're free to do anything that you want. And then the possibilities are endless. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I remember it's funny because through like the, this recent quarantine period where we couldn't easily go to skate parks and stuff like that started looking at and going back to a lot of really terrible street spots that we used to skate, including some that were in the bees videos. And I, it brought to mind like some times where like one of my friends, uh, my friend Gabe, who did a lot of the filming for bees, it would be like late November, you know, 11 o'clock at night freezing. And we'd be like in front of a grocery store skating a, bag of bagels like in a parking lot just having a great time and uh to some extent that's a combination of giving up and really going for it too because when you're out in cold weather skating a bag of bagels you're you've done both really you've given up and you've fully committed right i was gonna say it's commitment and don't think that we're no stranger to skating bags of bagels (laughs) i know i know who i'm talking to yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even pre-Fancy Lad. Even pre-Fancy Lad. Yeah, yeah. We were skating bags of bagels. Oh, my God. It's this just, has got to be like 2005. It's practically an age-old tradition at this point. And also, I've always said a bag of bagels is essentially also like a 12-stair rail. So I kind of feel it's, like I've done 12-stair. There's some physical properties to that specific skateboarding obstacle. The, mm-hmm. You know... I haven't really been documented. I mean, you can get a slide out of the plastic from the bag, mm-hmm. but the kind of firmness of the matter of the actual bagel will hold a stall. So, I mean, I don't think it's my place to kind of advance or, you know, really showcase the, uh, the capacity that bagel skating holds, but I think it is yours. And I pass that on to you or, you know, obviously you, you're already experienced, but I, I, I should say more so that I encourage you to do so, please. Well, thank I, you. You know, we appreciate that. We really do. And, you know, I got to say that, you know, there's some sort of, you know, it's, I mean, there's a reason why we're both in that article written by Jankum. You know, there's some sort of kinship between us, whether you want to believe it or not, Russ. <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe it. People always, always, well, especially people like when Fr- Fancy Lab first was popping up, people were always comparing it to bees. Right. I forget know? what else. They would take bees and they would say it's bees combined with something else. Insert here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was everybody's, uh, initial reaction or comment to it right which um yeah i was watching the bees three and you know maybe it's just because of the music that uh you used but i remember this quote from uh broderick who owned orchard skate shop and he was saying he was comparing skateboarding to being like musical genres and he was saying if uh fancy lad was a a musical genre it would be noise music Mm. and yeah uh, well, I mean that's a that's a good uh reference point because you know during that time um we'll say the B stuff we really started filming it like in like 
late 2003, 2004, or something like that. That was definitely a period of my life when I was going to a lot of noise music shows, actually. And that was kind of a time when that type of music was somehow reaching the mainstream more. That mm. kind of it culminated in a Wolf Eyes song ending up in an Office episode, hmm. which is very strange. Are you familiar with Wolf Eyes at all? I'm not. And they're from Detroit. Um, like, well, Detroit. Oh, area. wait, Wolf Eyes Psycho Jazz? There you go. Okay, yeah, yeah we yeah. are familiar with that. The guy does the, uh, the one guy, um, John Olson does the meme pa- page uh, on Instagram, yeah. Insane, Insane Johnny. Johnny yes. Right. Yeah. I, so, did not, I did not know that they're in the office. I did try to reach out to Insane Johnny when we went to uh, Detroit, Detroit and, right. tried mm-hmm. to, and was like, dude, do you want to skate? And then didn't hear anything back. But it was cool. Yeah. We stayed in a really shitty motel. <laughs> so everything worked out. And it rained the whole time. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, so that stuff definitely did have an influence. And it's funny because uh, that guy, obviously, I'm sure you're aware, skates, has skated for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so why yeah. I wanted to meet up. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting that all that stuff has a, a connection. I didn't even know that really at the time that I was going to see, um, you know, Wolf Eyes and other noise artists like that. But yeah. So, and there is noise music in the videos. Um, in B's one, there's a section with a, a Wolf Eyes and Hair Police song. That's the one where, I mean, nobody's watched B's one for the most part. Josh always says that's the one that's for the fans. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. I was trying to find, the, I, I've been trying to find B's one online. Yeah. Like, nobody, B's, nobody wants any part of that. B's two and three are, are easy to find. But, yeah, and yeah. I know we have, we have a DVD of mm-hmm. bees one in the apartment somewhere mm-hmm. yeah it's it's on that but it DVD. could be in it could be in anyone's it could be in anyone's room and i don't know where it is yeah bees bees one was definitely more so trying to annoy people like we knew that we had a a captive or i at least i knew um uh, some of the motivation for like even starting those videos was um at the time especially with that handrail era and one of my friends owning a skate shop and hanging out in a skate shop on a regular basis, you'd get kids coming in who, um, like teenagers, whatever, who would, this happens in every skate shop. Um, somebody starts talking about how, what they did and maybe like their tall tales or maybe what their friend did. Right. Like, and there was a lot of bragging about like, wait until you see, you know, my video with my friends, it's going to blow everyone away in the area. Mm. And it was a really weird attitude that it wasn't like they were um, so much excited about skateboarding. It was like, they were more excited that they were going to demonstrate that they were better than other people in the area, which to me felt like a really weird motivation uh, for skateboarding. So immediately started to think about like, you know, in combination with those thoughts about like the H street style of skateboarding, you know, no rules kind of stuff was more fun. Also that type of skateboarding, forcing those kind of kids to watch that would really confuse and annoy them. Mm. And I knew that we had sort of a captive audience because kids are going to go into a skate shop and if your video's on, they're going to sit there and mindlessly watch it. Yeah. And that is, what happened i mean once we were done with that first video i remember 
handrail kids coming in and just, I kept the duration of the video pretty short. It's like 14 minutes. Um, and they'd s- just sit there, watch the video, full attention to it, no reaction at all, maybe blink a few times at the end and just walk out without saying a word. And it was really fun to observe that because <laughs> I knew that it was a little bit torturous and also a little bit confusing. Um, Weird yeah. that they wouldn't actively hate on it, actually, while watching no, it. Um, there's There was like a few moments where that happened, but the one like standout that I really loved that happened was um, like the first kind of skateboarding video I made um, was called Dropkick a Seagull, and it was like a fake documentary, basically like making fun of myself mm-hmm. um, for being... Because I didn't really start taking didn't really start skateboarding seriously again i skated when i was a little kid for a while but like didn't really start again until i was 18 which is like an embarrassing time to try to learn how to skateboard again because like you've got kids who are like 15 years old who are better than you who are looking at you like how is this idiot this bad at this and um so that video was kind of like making fun of myself being bad at that age and um we showed that video that contains a lot of me just skating like dumb stuff that was like embarrassing at the time intentionally. So um, we showed that before a video in the handrail era that kids were, it was a shop video that kids were hyped up to see because they knew it was going to give them, you know, the handrails uh, glory that they were looking for. And there was a part in that dropkick a seagull video where I'm skating these like, kind of like a stack of two inches tall, a stack of these like eight foot long fiberglass planks. And I was doing stuff like a, like I did like a kickflip backside five Oh on one. So it was like just serious enough, but a dumb enough obstacle where in a, you know, I knew a certain type of kid would read that as he's trying to cheat us. Like he's trying to make it look like he's doing something with substance, but Mm. get by on doing it something easily. And it got kind of the exact type of reaction that I would have hoped for, but would have never guessed the exact um, substance of it, which was this kid yelled in the theater, he's skating planks on the ground, like in just, just teenage just angst. And I loved it. I was like exactly what I was looking for. And there was definitely some kind of reactions that we would, we'd observe like that in uh uh, we never really had any premieres for any of the bees videos, but at skate shops, sometimes I would like sit off to the side and like monitor kids watching the videos and wait for kind of signs of something like that. Yeah. It must be great. Just being able to see the reactions. And it, does that have anything to do with why there's like no real like credits about who's doing anything in the video? Is it kind of just to be somewhat anonymous so then you can have a actually spectate and see what people think about it without them you know maybe Um, filtering their response no that actually has to do with um has to do with that same sort of glory thing that i was witnessing like Mm. coming into the skate shop like and watching early like you know as far as skateboarding on the internet that was still kind of early like 2003 2004 so seeing like 
acts, you know, okay, let's say like a file sharing program like LimeWire or Kazaa at the time. Like you go to try to download a video off of that in that era. What people would do is they would name the file name like, you know, some bigger video. Oh, and then, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware. And then you'd accidentally, right. you know, on, pur- on purpose uh, as far as the sender, you'd receive somebody's local video. Mm-hmm. from there whatever it could be like anywhere right you know sexy right. horny teen goes crazy on i mean right yeah, but, yeah exactly but kids, yeah. Oh. kids were doing that with skate videos so you'd get a local video yeah and i'm watching you know i mean i was still i'm obsessive about skateboarding so even though it was like a dumb the like, shitty local video from middle of nowhere i'd still watch it and it was hilarious because it would be a like a local video with a five minute long intro with credits and it's like this isn't good. Nobody knows who you are. Why yeah. should you be like, you know, sure, put in credits like briefly, but to make it that over dramatic was like hilarious to me. And I it really got across to me like that if nobody knows who you are, like it's not really necessary to to broadcast that. So it was more like I, I felt like it was unnecessary. So I cut it out entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a I mean, that's the exact reason the first fancy lad video we didn't use any names mm-hmm. and the same reason just because i was like yeah i mentioned to zach or i was like why would we mention names we're a bunch of nobodies yeah. like aside from colin fisk but yeah, other yeah. than that virtually all of us no one's heard about no one cares and didn't matter you know yeah. doesn't matter and that's i mean that's part of the reason why i didn't do any credits with like music titles or anything as well, because especially during that, you know, early 2000s era, things got really um, one dimensional as far as like, like modest mouse was in every single video and mm. horrible you know, time. It, yeah. It's just bad whenever, and uh, whenever, spill. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm fine with all that stuff, but it's not a good thing when, no, when everything becomes that formulaic. At, Exactly. And you can tell that like that's having effect on kids as well. Like they're thinking like, you know, well, that's what's used in videos. So I guess that's all you do is you just use the same sort of stuff. So I kind of wanted to encourage kids to have to, you know, to not be able to be like, look at the credits and be like, oh, okay, that's what I should look up. And that's what I should be interested in. I wanted to encourage more if you like the sound or feel of that, go seek out in general more of, you know, that type of stuff. Like, don't like look at one specific name and then, you know, only latch onto that. Well, well you know, oh, oh, I think I'm going to say the exact same thing you are. Oh, well, I mean, should we say it at the same time? Well, yeah, I was going to say first, you know, you seem to be a pretty enlightened individual mm-hmm. and Tom and I would like to thank you. Yeah, be- for, because you, you introduced us to Klaus Nomi. Oh, wow. And ha- how did we do saying that at the same time? Was that good? That was really good. Oh, thank, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we've been practicing that. Yeah, but he's uh that was the first time either of us had heard or seen Klaus Nomi. Mm-hmm. in uh bees two and i'm sorry to say we did go and seek specifically klaus nomi however you know 
It oh, remains man. one of our favorite songs to this day. Mm. And set to that Crispin Glover dance scene from Friday the 13th. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Genius. Stroke of genius. Editing genius. Yeah, it's it's funny, like, because I'm, I'm, now I'm trying to think of, like, where did I hear of Klaus Nomi? Um, I'm going to say that, like, a lot of things that I encountered that may have ended up in those bees videos was uh, the product of, like, having driving jobs and driving around like in a cargo van that had no tape deck or CD player and just having to rely on the radio and getting into a college radio station that just had a variety of shows all day. And very likely that Klaus Nomi was played, you know, at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that was in those bees videos that was direct result of like just, hearing something randomly and uh you know maybe not even having the time to look uh, or wait for them to id like to id it on the radio like say what it was and then just like spending a year like looking up like what that possible set of sounds could have been or like a lyric or something and that leading to other stuff but um i remember specifically there was one thing that ended up um, in Bees 3, the deer wizard um, at the end of Bees 3 says, uh, let's have a little orange drink. Uh-huh. And that's from, I was driving around one night and uh, I turn on the college radio station, it's WNUR, which is Northwestern um, in Evanston, which is near Chicago. And uh I just hear this like guy talking like it sounded like it was from like the fifties or so. And he's talking in this weird stream of consciousness way. And I listened to it. Like it was one of those things where I kept driving around because I was like, I have to hear what this is. And it was this guy, I think his name was Dean McGregor and he lived in New York, I think in the fifties. And he like was a very bizarre sleep talker. And he the the stuff is unbelievable like that he's like concocting in his sleep like the the narration that he's doing and uh so he was like recorded i don't know i don't know if this is like a hoax or not i think it's actually real but um he was recorded sleep talking and they made records out of it and this was just playing on college radio at like eight o'clock at night while i was driving around Hmm. and uh yeah that I mean, the importance of like exposing yourself to sources like that where you don't know what's going to be on is really important, I think. And that's, I think that's what um, the Bees videos are a product of. And uh, I mean, obviously, their reaction to things like being really similar, but also a product of uh, just very much keeping an open mind about um, learning about new stuff or, you know, not, uh, not running away when something sounds like really odd and and foreign and confusing. Yeah. That's good advice for anybody, but yeah, it's evident with the, uh, you know, I'm jealous personally from one outsourced movie clipper to another. Mm -hmm. I am envious of the deep cuts that you seem to get in those 
Yeah. There's, I really, that, that stuff, I mean, is, you know, the, the process there is like days on end of just losing my mind. Like there were times where I found clips and, um, I'd been looking through movies for so long that day. I mean, just like four hours at a time of just like scanning through weird movies and stuff that I would have to ask another person like Josh, like, is this even weird or funny? I don't know anymore. I've lost perspective from like just Mm. sifting through such weird stuff for so long. Um, Yeah. I remember one of the clips, um, I think it's in bees three where there's just like a knight in full armor playing a guitar and then he falls off a balcony like I, I've always really loved that clip because it works with no context at all and it's very brief and it's very easy to understand like immediately. I think that is from a t- Italian TV movie adaptation of a Voltaire book. Mm. Like, I don't know where I got that from. Um, I think it was some weird torrent site where like they just like, it's all exclusively like it was like just stuff you couldn't find anywhere else. It was a way of people like kind of making that stuff available. Um, But yeah, I don't, I know I downloaded that and I know I had that at one point. I tried looking for it again and it's like, I don't even know if I'm imagining what that's from. Like if I just, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it was like days and days of scanning through stuff. And uh, yeah, also like the product of like um, that stuff, finding stuff like that is those file sharing programs like from that era, um, the ones where you could actually directly communicate with people. Mm-hmm. I remember I would talk to this guy from Italy who just had an insane movie collection and he was super generous with all of it. Like he would say like, take whatever you want at any time. And he had so much odd stuff. Like that's where um, I was easily able to download stuff like Holy Mountain and El Topo and things like that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, having people who had all that stuff and were generous and, you know, taking the time to, you know, um, research and, you know, yeah, that, that stuff is really important to make an effort to learn about new things, but to also... Yeah, that, that that's something I think about a lot is um, it, it's great when someone's comfortable enough to ask about something. You know, they don't try to just like assume they know everything or like they don't want to have a discussion about it. Like I've had weird moments with people where like I saw them shazamming a song in my car instead of just asking me so we could talk about it. Yeah. And that, that kind of stuff is really weird to me. Cause it's like, I, I didn't in that moment, like, I don't know what to do or say, like it was much more interesting, not because I want to like, um, you know, demonstrate my knowledge of something or it's just more fun to like talk about things. Um, so I think it's, yeah, just in general, that was, part of what went into the bees videos and part of what I wanted to um, encourage in, in people as well is seeking things out, asking about things, you know, assuming that there are people out there who know more about stuff than you, which I had to do. Um, you know, that's how I learned about stuff that's in those videos. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, there's that's, a, that's why I got really into the sort of 
outsourced. I mean, like you were saying about college radio, just being mm. exposed to this sort of unknown source. That's why I got really into all those uh, most a lot of the clips being just from VHSs that you found in at thrift stores. Yeah. And just being like, I know based on the graphic design of this movie that it's going to be a piece of shit. Right. Mm. And there's going to be some pure fucking gold clips that I can get from this. And just, I mean, just as a movie in general, just being that sort of like one of a kind uniqueness behind something being, I mean, it comes with something being so um, just low budget, you know, it's like just doing it like these people just doing it by the seat of their pants. Um, it just, it, it, it makes it um, no matter what, it's going to be really unique just by just by having so many flaws and faults within mm-hmm. like the acting and the production and everything else so i mean that became sort of an obsession and a lot just more interesting than just because after a certain point you've seen so many movies you're just like you know it's mm-hmm. it, it's 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 almost the same where it's like there's only so many great films there's only so many great films. That's true. You know? So then you start have to, like, I, I, you know, uh, you have to start finding the best of the worst, you know? Yeah. Which is where that, that came from for me, personally. It's finding a really concise, powerful movie clip like that is, like, almost as good as somebody getting, like, a good trick whether yeah, it's no. a funny trick or whatever sure. it's like and it it happened to me i was i i bought the movie zapped thinking that and i, yeah, I was yeah, watching yeah. and i was like holy shit clip from bees yeah 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 so yeah, that, that was and that that's funny too because that that's one that josh uh josh and and tim they lived together at that time um i think they you know they always watch a lot of 80s movies and they found that one. I think the stuff that I was looking through was maybe a little bit more like late 60s, early 70s foreign art stuff. Yeah. Because um, like, you know, that stuff has like a a reputation among just in general, maybe like people think it's like not going to be any fun to watch. But like there's so much freedom in those movies. Like, as far as like what they were putting in them that like it gets weird and very ridiculous. And uh, yeah, people should not, not uh, think of those movies as, as like something that's like uptight and boring. Like they can be just as ridiculous as an eighties movie at times. Right. I, I, I'm not too familiar myself, honestly, but yeah, it's, I don't know. That's, that's definitely one of those things where like, I I think I spent a long time with those types of movies, um, making that assumption that I was, you know, yeah, it's probably going to be good, but I might not be that excited like to watch it or I might get bored during it. But the first couple of times where I was watching one and there was something like really surreal in it, like that was kind of silly. Um, yeah, I started to, to go into that stuff more and more. Yeah, I bet. Cause it's probably, I mean, otherworldly anyway, just because of the foreign sort of market. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. 
it's sad that like things in terms of movies like can't be quite as ridiculous as they ever were. Like I always think about like that moment in the first Ghostbusters movie when um you know the city's being like overrun by by ghosts. Yeah. Love and that. the and the ghost flies into the tailpipe of that taxi mm-hmm. and then they cut to the shot inside of the taxi and yeah, the driver is hell. The driver's just suddenly some kind of zombie driver. Like yeah. that's I don't know. That stuff's so much fun. And uh I don't know. I, I it's weird. It's like maybe just like as a culture, we're also like jaded at this point that we can't we can't have moments like that anymore that like that work sincerely. You know, it would like it would have to be like framed as uh you know, making fun of a moment like that instead yeah. of it just being put in there like plainly. Ironic or tongue in cheek. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I miss that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you though, just you know, as just uh just just before we have uh you know, this Zoom call is very limited, so I just wanted to ask you before sure. I ran out. But um so you did print boards though, right? In the third video? I saw you printed boards. Like, did you have ambition to start a company? No, not at all. That was a, that was a friend um, who owned a skate shop and those were, I think he got rid of a skate shop and started just like a local board company. And he really liked the videos and he would like, was always looking for graphic ideas. So he was like, you know, we should do bees boards. And we already had a graphic that we were going to use eventually, I think for the, DVD covers or something. So we put that on there. And I think at one point we shrink wrapped some DVDs with the boards and stuff. So, yeah, I think that there was like, John was trying to, John McGuire was trying to push to people like that I, we should start a bees brand or that they should like reach out to me about that. I mean, but I was, su- I was surprised he didn't. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah. I don't think I ever had that specific type of ambition um i think it was like um it's weird when you get um and you might be able to relate to this um because i know that you've done some stuff where um like you worked with adult swim and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um out of the b stuff i got the opportunity to do some like skits for a show called stupid face um that was on fuel tv and it was fun and like we made a bunch of skits and a bunch of the bees guys were in it and stuff like that. But it was weird to see what that actually feels like. Yeah. Like you put in all this effort to make something, you edit it, et cetera. And then it gets like cut down and, you know, to meet like, you know, network standards and time and stuff like that. And it, it started to kind of give me perspective on, um, how you have to make compromises when yeah. uh, when you start getting closer to it being about money and uh, or yeah having a brand or something like that, um, and I think that you know we had so much fun making those videos um, because we were doing whatever we wanted without any restrictions that um, I think I was always very hesitant to get into starting a brand or a company because 
um, I already had those feelings that it might involve a lot of compromise. Yeah. And then they were confirmed through that um, process of making those skits. So. Yeah, but you were making those for somebody else. It's a little different when it's your own brand. I mean, mm-hmm. also, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably pressure to compromise, but I mean, fucking Kurt Cobain never compromised, bro. No, that's true. Fucking. It turned out fine for him. Turned Absolutely. out fine for Dude, Tony Hawk never fucking compromised, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Turned out fine for him, dude. That's true. He's got those remakes coming out. All right, how about Sonic Youth, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm saying you don't have to. It's like, I feel like it's not, it's very unlikely to make money without doing it. But, I mean, something can evolve and mature, and I don't think that's necessarily compromising. I think it's just... Yeah. Well, I think the De- developing growth. developing an idea. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the way it was being pitched to me is that like someone else would be funding it who like already owned a somewhat bigger company. Yeah. So that is a little different. That just screamed that screamed compromise to me, which I you know, I don't know what the situation is with Fancy Lab, but I'm I I'm assuming that fucking self made, bro. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't have any of that involved. So yeah, that's a better way to go, I think printed 50 boards and just kept it rolling from there yeah 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 that's why it took 10 years for what uh uh, to get here yeah to get here in the studio that we have this beautiful studio yeah yeah, yeah. hey uh, i gotta ask you because all right one of my favorite parts in any of the bees videos or by parts i mean one of my favorite things that happens the short circuit skit Mm mm-hmm who made the Johnny Five? I did and that, that, and that is you in the skit, right? Um, in, in the, what part? We're in the wig with the. No, I believe that's Josh. Um, Damn it! Somebody told me that was you, but it, that yeah, maybe it was. No, no I was. I wasn't really. I was in that in the Deer Wizard costume and in the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costume. But nice. Oh, not, nice. Yeah. Um. I built the Johnny Five. Um, yeah. Genius. Very, very good looking Johnny Five. I might. It's, <laughs> you know, what's funny. It's like, um, and I, this is probably something that you can relate to as well. There's something like that comes out of trying to do something, but you're so inept that it comes out crappy in a way that adds character to it. Yeah, and, absolutely. Right. And it's like, yeah, I tried to make that thing, but I knew I didn't have a chance. At, like, you know, making it really good, and it's like, yeah, yeah you didn't have studio money. Your to make your, it. your vision yeah. Yeah. in your head is is going to be pristine and perfect, but then when you actually see it, you yeah, know, that like, was great. Wait, what was his head? It looked like some sort of modem or a router or something. <laughs> it absolutely was a modem. Oh, perfect. That? Okay, that's what it I was thought. a company. It was a company I worked for in the early two thousands that sold internet service and that mm-hmm. was their modem and they went oh, out of business yeah. and i still had it around i was like i gotta do something with this thing and <laughs> oh, yeah i got a perfect idea that was that was one of the moments in my life where i i was working full-time and i'd come home every night and i'd be in a garage and it was winter and i'd be building that thing for like a couple hours a night in this freezing garage mm. and it's like one of those moments in your life where it's like I might be losing my mind like that. Yeah. This is like, this is a main focus of my life. Like in my free time right now, having to build the Johnny five. Right. And I, rem- you know, 
there's also times in your life when you like you realize that things are worth it um and the moment with that one was um i had told somebody in milwaukee this guy nate who was in the bees videos um i told him i was going to build it and his reaction was like you're not going to do that like he was like you're not because a normal person or like you know whatever is going to like say something like that jokingly and not follow through but because i'm like kind of obsessive about an idea um i will go for it and what made it worth it was when i finished it and i went to visit milwaukee and i showed him the photos and he was laughing so hard like as soon as he saw him and it was like Mm. it was all worth it just for that response (laughs) like was it with the fake breasts no the fake breasts were uh real what we're all real all magic i knew it i knew it (laughs) all natural magic baby (laughs) yeah those those fake breasts were my mom had them as part of a marilyn monroe halloween costume in like (laughs) the late 70s like before i was born Mm. like yeah that's really like says you know points out like a part of who i am is that my mom like kept these fake breasts you know around and like passed them down to me like yeah like so you're gonna well, you never know when you, i was gonna say you never know when you're gonna need them it's true yeah That's you never thing. know when you're gonna need an old modem and a <laughs> pair of fake breasts <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. oh my goodness i'm sure you have a million questions for us i do actually yeah oh i mean but uh yeah uh i know i mean i can talk way too much and i can definitely go easily go into we talked about that last time grandpa simpson mode where i'm talking about tying an onion to my belt well the stone cutters are who yeah. make steve gutenberg a star that's true yeah yeah, yeah so yeah I, I we may have not have even covered things you want to talk about because i ramble but so yeah if you you know want to talk again on on record or off i'm available mm. Hmm. yeah you know that sounds nice i mean you know i'll just say real quick that you know i could tell you're a little older than i am and i I know you're gonna scoff at this when i say it but i'm a short circuit too kind of guy um i haven't seen both of them enough to judge but i think that short circuit 2 has a really intensely over dramatic scene where johnny five is getting like beaten up by maybe a gang like yeah, in slow Los Locos. Yeah. yeah yeah they'll kick your balls into outer space exactly yeah <laughs> so um, you, you're familiar yeah so uh. that might that might be the superior short circuit um if on the basis of that song alone so i'll have to review them because it's been a long time you know what, please do is the thing um but yeah like i said like i was trying to say before you mm-hmm. know there's there's no way you know it I, I probably have had these all these questions that I've had for years, literally, years. to ask you. So it's there's no way for me to convey to the people, you know, the importance of this this sort of niche sort of uh, corner in skateboarding that I feel like there's just I feel like it's just so misunderstood and there's just so much mystery behind it. But it's like I don't know. It's it's like to find someone else who's navigating in these same murky waters or has in their, in their life. It's like, uh, 
trying to think of a good analogy here. It's like, uh, you know, uh, seeing a sort of doppelganger like, you uh, you know, in the wild, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like uh, I'm trying to think of some analogy from the Simpsons, maybe the Shelbyville episode, you know. Well, then we'd be at enemies. Yeah, we'd, yeah. Be, we'd be ne- <laughs> yeah. nemesis. But uh, but you, you get my point, you know. Yeah. I'm just unless, saying. Unless you're trying to just subtly say we're enemies with a. Well, no, well, you, like, you, uh, you bow down gracefully, so you're not a competition I, I, to the yeah, company. I, yeah. So I appreciate that. It's like Bizarro yeah. Seinfeld. Exactly. And I, and I totally gave over my, you know, my rights to bagel skating to you. Yes. So here's here's what I'm saying. Here's, here's what I'm thinking, Russ. Real quick, that. real quick before we go. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, see, this guy's got experience with Fuel TV. That's true. See, Adult Swim reached out to us to develop a show. Right. You're not thinking that maybe maybe Ru- we team up with Russ. Right. We we develop a show. Develop a show. And then we tell Adult Swim and Field TV to suck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because we got our own show now. Yeah, and, and then we're we make the it. ones gonna fucking produce it, yep. publish it, and watch it, and watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think, Russ? Are we in business or what? Maybe. I don't know. I. Uh... Not not to keep you on too long here, but yeah, I wonder about like the oversaturation of content. It's like, mm. I, I think that it's, you know, sometimes I think it's best at this point um, to just make things because you want to make them. Right. Um, and yeah, but, just... But, but this is what I'm saying. This is why I want to make it is because... Mm-hmm skateboard related content outside of skateboarding mm-hmm. few and far between right and Not when it's much. done well almost never i mean grind the movie is probably my favorite movie of all time mm-hmm. yeah but aside from that i mean you know there's only like four other skate movies maybe five and i haven't seen betty on hbo yeah he hasn't I, seen betty on hbo but it i didn't even know that had skateboarding in it so my point being, yeah, mid '90s, you know. Yeah the uh, the main the uh, not even mainstream, but like just the exposure to skateboarding that people outside of skateboarding get is not from the perspective of actual skateboarders, yeah. <laughs> like directly. Right. Yeah. And mid '90s is the closest thing, but it's also way too serious. I'm saying something that's fucking fried, but right. also mm-hmm. from the perspective of skateboarders. Right. Cl- closest thing might really be. Uh, jackass. Yeah, That's, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Closest thing, closest that. thing that people that like everyone has fucking seen for sure. Mm-hmm. So you think about it. You know, we'll, we'll 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 I'll we'll talk. We'll exchange. <laughs> we'll, I'll, I'll I'll send you my notes. All right, and see what you think. We'll do lunch. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, yummy. Um, are you out in Milwaukee or Chicago? I live in the Chicago suburbs. Yeah. All right, I'll fly so, out. I'll fly out there tomorrow. Don't worry. Actually, from basically the same area as Matt and Gene. Really, Carol yeah, Stream? Know. Close to there, really oh. close. Yeah, I don't know if you ever knew that, but yeah. No, no. Uh, John might have mentioned it to me. He's he's a bit of a chatter. He's talk. He talks about you. Talks highly of, about you. He's like John McGuire. Yeah, he's the best. He's like, you know, I've I've never had anybody around like that who will like. He's the reason why you're on the podcast right now. 
he's you know he's the wind beneath so many wings not just mine yeah (laughs) he's such a great source of positive reinforcement there's not a lot of people like that but yeah he's he's really good at that no there's not um yeah i know i mean i think we should uh you know continue this another time but i just want to say it's been uh yeah an honor and a pleasure and uh, this is probably the most excited I've ever been to actually interview somebody. That's funny because I feel like I'm so monotone and boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just for my own, just for my own personal interest, right? You and, know, yeah. Thank, yeah. Thanks for coming on, and and thank you for making the bees videos because those were those those changed our lives. That was like B C. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Thank you for continuing on the tradition of going out there and skating stupid stuff like bags of bagels. Getting weird. Man, I'm getting you hungry just thinking about it, honestly. <laughs> and the only thing, other thing I'm going to say to you is, uh, you know, uh, you uh, can look forward to the new Fancy Lad video coming out next month, Buster. Oh, yeah. I will be. Oh, didn't even, didn't yeah. know that was coming. Exactly. So I just wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And all the listeners. All right. It's been a long, it's been a couple of years since we made a video, but we're still doing it begrudgingly to the public. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, there's also uh, going to be an upcoming episode on Frasher through the, the new Man Ramp series, whatever that ends up being That's called. That's true. That's true. And, you know, one last question, too, for you. Do, you. do you ever do you ever think to yourself, damn you, Tim Olson, for stealing all the heat from the bees videos and starting your own company? Why wasn't it me, Tim Olson? Damn you, Tim and Eric of Roger Skateboards fame. I made you and I can break you at any time, you pieces of shit. <laughs> no, I'm guessing that. Tim, if you asked him about it, would say that running a company is probably pretty annoying at times. So Mm. other people, and yeah, I don't want any part of that. I just want to uh, get in a deer wizard costume, make some fake breasts appear. Mm -hmm. That's more my thing. Well, I wish you did that more often. Oh, man. Sounds like the dream. That's all (laughs) I'm going to say. You know, I... No, you didn't have too much of a hat in uh, wasps, right? Yeah, I mean that. No, that was Josh's project for the most part. That's a product of uh, me like dragging my feet on making a bees four because my ideas were like a little bit maybe too ambitious to be tolerated. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't gonna make a bees four unless we were gonna do some really extravagant stuff. And he got tired of, he filmed, that's all the footage that he filmed. So I was like kind of holding his footage uh, hostage. So he said, you know, I I need, I need to do something with this footage, which is fine with me. He filmed all of it and I liked the video um, and uh, it's good. And it, you know, that footage needed to come out sooner or later. So, well, all I'm going to say is I'm hoping to see you two reconnect on bees five. Because, oh, when you two get together, all oh, the magic that happens. Mwah. See, it's not just about you. It's about... Fingers? Fingers. Right. No, it's it really is like... It is about all of the people that are involved. It's definitely not all me. Like, yeah. it wouldn't be what it is without 
everybody who's involved and their, you know, unique uh, ideas and, and everything. So, yeah. Well, Russ, once again, I'm, I really have to pee. Yeah. So I'm actually going to have to say <laughs> it was a pleasure having you once again. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast. And you got my number. Anytime you want to talk shop, bro, I'm not doing anything. Oh, I'll I'll be texting you some really dumb movie clips. So. Please do. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. And hey, all you listeners, thanks for listening. But you know, we gotta go pee. It's true. And you know what? Well, maybe we'll 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 have you back on. Maybe uh, I don't know. We gotta wait a while. You know, this is a little fresh. But uh, yeah. Eh, say same same time, same place. Twenty twenty one. Sure. All right. Sounds good. All right, thanks. All right, later. Uh, yeah.